You have queued up the Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation recorded at the New York City Concert Hall, Roulette. You can hear thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's past and present and find news of upcoming events celebrating innovation and imagination at roulette.org. Aren't you curious? In this edition of The Roulette Tapes, we trace the trajectory of composer Mario Diaz de Leon from punk clubs to the symphony hall in solo works and ensemble pieces as told by the artist and illustrated with recordings from the Roulette Concert Archives. This is Mario Diaz de Leon.
This is Mario Diaz de Leon. I'm originally from the Twin Cities. I lived there until I was 21, although I spent a bit of time uh, in Mexico City as well from age 10 to 12. I started playing music about age 10 on electric guitar and uh, was very enthused with playing metal music, different types of heavy metal music and eventually hardcore punk music as well. And uh, that really took up my formative years in high school. It was a combination of being in the Twin Cities and having access to um, a lot of touring bands, being able to perform myself as part of the Minneapolis hardcore punk scene, and also going to raves, uh, warehouse raves in the mid-90s and being exposed to electronic music that way. And about the time I was 19 or 20, through various friends, I became enamored with modern classical music, and that led me to study at the Oberlin Conservatory of Music, where I majored in electronic music, got my first experiences writing for acoustic instruments and electronics, writing chamber music, and my transition from college to New York City was essentially through roulette because my last semester of undergrad was an internship with roulette and that led me to work with the organization as administrative staff and as a live sound engineer for the next two and a half years. When I was writing uh, metal music and post-hardcore music I was always really interested in artists experimented with form in interesting ways you know a lot of um, Thrash metal songs, death metal songs can have very interesting expanded song structures and things like that. Certainly in post-hardcore music, you hear a lot of experimentation with the song format, and that was something I'd always been interested in since I was a teenager. To hear it in the dimension of modern classical music, there was a visceral and primordial intensity with the music. I'm thinking specifically of artists like Ligeti and Xenakis and Messian that really drew me toward the music from, I'd had some experiment creating my own sounds with electronic music um, that led me to be interested in textures and timbres in addition to notes and rhythms. And I think also music for me had always been a way to experience something beyond what I already knew about, a way to sort of reach beyond my everyday experience into something, I guess you could say, otherworldly or even spiritual. And that music spoke to me deeply on a spiritual level.
I have been on an hiatus from writing notated chamber music since 2017. I've focused my attention on my energy on developing new live electronic music like Heartthread, of which Heartthread is, yeah, the first developed statement of. With Heartthread, I really wanted to transform and adapt some of the energy of my chamber music into live electronic music, both in terms of having like a fixed ensemble. It's really common in electronic music, like when you hear an album, to have different songs have different instruments or anything, but I really approached Heartthread like a fixed ensemble of five or six synthesizers. I was interested in working with these larger spans of time. I think of the structure as something like pop song structures with an intro, verse, and a chorus, but they've been dilated and expanded significantly so that a structure that would take like three to five minutes ends up taking 20 to 25 minutes, and that it's that process of expansion that allows me to work with this tension between repetitive forms. The music is very hypnotic, and at the same time, there's a lot of variation in the music. The pieces, I think, are also unique because there's so much variation built into the electronic systems. It's impossible for me to play it the same way twice. So although the songs have a really distinct identity, you hear these riffs, you hear these rhythms that are unique to these songs. Every time I play it, it's a little different.
the imaginative space, I do like to give the example of like the sound of a flute with almost any kind of electronic instrument. It can be synthesizer based, it can be a boutique noise instrument. At a certain point, I'm interested in the space where we can hear this, the primordial element of, of the breath in the flute as something very resonant, very archetypal, and the way that the electronics can recontextualize that to a super imaginative space. It can be something that sounds more futuristic. It can be uh, something that sounds archaic, but in a very novel way. And it can also suggest different dialogues between the person performing the, the flute and uh, the person performing the electronics. So, so that's always inspired me. Like the relationship to me, I've always experienced like something very deep, very archetypal. And I didn't start writing notated music until I was 21 years old. So, and I would use electronic music as a way for me to imagine acoustic sound. I would create pieces of electronic music. I would immerse myself in that sound. And by listening very, very closely to electronic textures, I would start to imagine um, melodic, rhythmic material, or just focus really intensely on the acoustic sound and think about how could I transcribe this as, so that the two are as close as possible and you can't distinguish one from the other.
right now I'm thinking about the follow-up to Heartthread. I like to make new music with Heartthread that's solo electronic and also new music with Heartthread that invites collaborators on acoustic instruments who also improvise. We gave a preview of a piece like that to conclude Heartthread. We played the Heartthread album and then Laura Cox uh, from Talk Ensemble joined me at the end of that piece. It was something we rehearsed, it had a form, but her performance was drawn from little sketches of notes that I had uh, written down uh, that she memorized and then created her own improvisation from. And that was a really, that's been a super refreshing way of working and has allowed me to think about approaching chamber music in a different way, not just because of the improvisation, but, but also because um, me being on stage uh, with people is integral to the realization. All the electronics are live. the last, I guess, 18 years now at so many of my key concerts in New York City, the vast majority have happened at Roulette. Roulette is a space where artists are invited to realize their ideas in a phenomenally welcoming and supportive environment. Roulette is a community that is and really advocating for this music, has been advocating for this music for decades. That continuity over time is something that's truly inspiring, especially in an ecosystem as challenging as experimental music and in a place as dynamic as New York City where things come and go. music of Mario Diaz de Leon, recorded at the Roulette Concert Hall in New York City 
between 2009 and 2022. These programs are made possible in part with support from the National Endowment for the Arts and Grammy Museum. This is David Weinstein at the desk. Thanks for listening. You have been listening to The Roulette Tapes, a program of adventurous music and conversation. This series is produced by Roulette Intermedium. You can find thousands of concert recordings from Roulette's archives and news of upcoming events at roulette.org.